Hello and welcome to the Garage Wire podcast with me, Mike Ruff, Garage Wire editor. There's been some really exciting developments coming from the world of Conline this year, most notably a new virtual reality concept that shows real potential for identifying correct parts replacement. So I'm really pleased to have Conline's General Manager for Marketing Communications join us on the podcast a little later to tell us more. Before that though, I'd like to welcome on Matt Peacock, Managing Director at StarTech, a pool-based independent which specialises in Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Jaguar, Mini and Smart. Matt, thanks for joining us. Let's get straight into it and tell us a little bit about how you came to own your own garage, first of all, please. Yeah, well, no, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate that. Um, so I started StarTech back in 2006, um, where I was currently working at the Mercedes-Benz dealer in Port. Um, I had an unhappy feeling about how the uh, customers were being dealt with, the customer service quality, um, and I just had this belief that we could do it better. So we set up StarTech. I had uh, another guy come and work for me at the time, um, and uh, we've been going now for nearly 16 years, and we're up to uh, 17 staff. Um, and I think the the belief at the beginning that you know we could do it better is obviously shown. You know, we get a lot of customers come in, you know, and unhappy with how the the way we've been doing things for them. So you know, we're obviously doing something right. So talk us through the highs and lows since opening in 2006. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the, the hardest bit, I suppose, for me was, you know, not being trained in business. You know, my background was I was trained to fix cars and work on cars. So um, trying to add that into, you know, dealing with business side of things as well and, you know, you know, running it, dealing with accountants, dealing with all that side of it, you know, was, was the biggest sort of um, struggle that I had from the beginning. <clears throat> Fortunately, I had, um, I found a very good accounting firm who, were quite happy to work with me, sit with me, explain stuff as we've been going, talk about you know uh, you know what it means, how it all works, and how it all comes together. So my understanding you know grew over the years. It obviously took a lot longer than they'd like, but you know it's it's, it's the way it goes sometimes. Um, and so you know, and then employing staff because again you know not had to deal with that side of things. So you know, going out and finding an HR firm that we could work with that could help us and support us and and grow my understanding and knowledge of it. So so. I suppose it's just the 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 raw business side of it was our biggest or my biggest challenge, I think. Yeah, so I suppose the highs are, you know, seeing the business grow, seeing the development, seeing your ideas and plans, the thing that you dream about of of trying to deliver or put in place and make work actually happen and come to the forefront. So, you know, over the, especially over the last sort of five or six years, we've put a lot of effort on on growing and developing as a company um, and seeing each of those steps and stages you know, come to fruition as we're working our way through. It's been really, really good. It's been really, that's that for me now is, is the biggest thing I enjoy out of all of it. You know, I still enjoy working on cars. I don't do it very often. You know, the lads don't let me down there anymore. I've got, I've got to keep away. But when I do get the get the time to go to go down there, I do still enjoy doing that. But, you know, see, you know working on the business and, and developing and coming up with this new path forward and then, and then hitting those goals and, and those achievements is, 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 is what I really enjoy now more than anything. No doubt those achievements are all the sweeter when you overcome the many challenges along the way. What's the biggest challenge for your business right now, would you suggest? I think there's probably two. I think I, I would say there's probably two, and I think it's probably not just for, for me, my business, but I think it's probably an industry-wide thing. Uh, one is recruitment. Everyone talks about recruitment, not enough staff in the trade anymore, not enough staff. Or, or, or kids coming into the trade of the right quality. So I think that is definitely a key issue for us. Um, you know, 
finding them, retaining them, uh, and getting ones that want to deliver is, is really, really difficult. The other one is to do with block exemption, regulations ending in a couple of years' time. Um, that is going to be a, a massive pinch point for an awful lot of people if, if something doesn't get resolved and, and dealt with um, relatively quickly. I can see there's going to be scenarios where it's going to cause havoc for a lot of businesses, a lot of garages, um, and part supply and everything is going to cause a lot of problems for people and and then customers alike because you know if it gets to a point where we can't get the information we currently have what's their choice they don't really have a choice they're, they're forced into um, going back to the dealer essentially just to go back to your first point on recruitment how do you go about recruiting staff so we uh, years gone by when we first set up we knew a lot of guys that wanted to get out of the dealership so we were very fortunate and it's a case of as we needed one we went and just picked one that we wanted um, as we've been growing over the last few years we needed to get more so we sort of changed tack slightly we as much as we advertise outwardly ourselves we now use uh, a specialist recruitment agency uh, who we work with solely for automotive um, and then they do the headhunting for us they know our ethics they know how we work the kind of things we do the culture that we have with inside the business things we offer staff not just pay but the extras on top of that because i believe that you know we don't pay on bonus and i don't believe in a bonus structure and i think we offer far more incentives in other areas for people to come and work for us so you know that i think's helped um and having a, having a recruitment uh consultant that is passionate about us as a company has definitely helped he's he's got us a couple of staff this last year that weren't even looking for jobs um and we've we've come out of it with some really really good members of staff so yeah that for me is is probably the biggest you know, biggest improvement we've made this year and then on to block exemption it obviously ensures independent garages can service any vehicle without affecting its warranty but how important would you say that is for independence oh, i think it's huge absolutely huge um Everything that we currently do, every part you currently buy, every bit of information you currently get hinges around that block exemption regulation. Um, I think you know the industry bodies, the IGA, the IAAF, um, are all working hard to try and get some kind of form of block exemption back in play, which will be great if we can. Um, but if something doesn't happen, it will be detrimental to the industry, without a doubt. And here's hoping that we get in the very least, the equivalent to what we have at the moment when the current regulation expires on the 31st of May 2023. But if you could improve it in any way, what would you say needs to be changed? Yeah, I think um, the biggest one is is access to um, technical information. And I, as difficult as it, is, as it probably is to say, is, is who has that access. Um, the, the manufacturers are also clearly worried, and, and rightly so, worried about who can gain access to coding information or programming information, and especially now as the cars are moving on with connectivity and all that kind of stuff. It's, 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 it's opening up a world of problems for the, for the dealer. Um, having, seen, having some kind of licensing scheme or some kind of reg register where you, you, you go in and log yourself. I know that the um, IGA are currently working on their garage safe platform. Having something like that, it, you know, puts you above everyone else to say, look, we are capable, we are okay as a company, we, we can have the information. So I think, um, you know, having some tweaks around that kind of stuff is, is quite important. You know, we, we see it here because we specialize in certain brands. We do see people come in who've tried doing stuff with, you know, an aftermarket bit of kit and of course, no end of problems and grief on the cars with 
trying to code or program or diagnose a, a fault. Um, so yeah, I think you know, knowing knowing where you know knowing who can have the information and how the information is handed out, I think is is quite key. I think. Are your customers aware of block exemption? Yeah, I think I think it's probably fifty fifty. As much as we've worked so hard over the last sort of sixteen years to inform customers that block exemption exists, that you have the freedom to take your car wherever you like, even while it's under warranty, um, we still get people that you know don't get that. Um, but on the flip side, we get customers who who um, who are fully aware of their rights, what they can do, where they can go. Um, and we get an awful lot of uh, custom off the back of it. Interesting to hear. We spoke last week ahead of today's recording and you mentioned that it's been a busy year for you in terms of investment. Perhaps you could talk us through some of those investments that you've been making. Yes, it's, it's been an expensive year this year, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, but it's all stuff that's been needed. You know, we uh, set out right at the very beginning, as you do, you know, putting you know, the cheapest investments in as possible to get the company up and running. Um, and as we've grown and developed over the over the years, you know, we've needed more and you know bigger and better and everything else. So we've just recently um, replaced all of our ramps, um, had them uprated. So we're now running four and a half ton ramps, ready for the the uplifting, you know, electric and hybrid stuff in the heavier weighted vehicles, bigger vehicles because everything seems to be getting bigger and heavier nowadays. So we yeah. we we put a big investment earlier in the year for that. Um, we've refitted out the workshop. Uh, with um, you know new equipment, redid the flooring, um, built a new tea room for the staff, so they had a bigger, more comfortable area to sit, so they're not crammed in a small little space. Um, which again goes back to the recruitment, which is one of those things that attracts uh, the the yeah. staff to us because we have nice facilities for them to come and work in. We've even had guys come in from the dealers who walk around and go, you know, even our dealership isn't as nice as this. So you know, that's you know it, it shows that we are on the right path of what we're doing. Um, Training-wise for the staff, we've had um, some of the guys through the um, electric and hybrid level three. So we've got uh, three fully qualified techs now up to level three. We've also got some of our guys are brand-specific trained. So they're BMW um, electric hybrid and Mercedes electric hybrid. So we, we've got actual brand-specific information as well as, as well as sort of the generic um, IMI courses that are out there. Um, and next year, part of our investment plan is to try and get as many of our technicians through either a diagnostic or a master tech qualification on the IMI. So they'll have either, all of our guys will either be diag or master tech um, accredited, um, and then so that gets them onto the uh, onto the IMI register as well, which is which is one of our biggest um, advantages. Um, front of house staff, we've. You know, put a lot of time and investment into them, into customer service training. Um, you know, new equipment. We've had new phone systems installed to streamline the to streamline everything we do. New computer systems installed to make it uniform, so anyone can log on to any PC and they get exactly the same thing, no matter where they are. Um, just to make it as simplistic as possible, so that we can make sure that no matter where you are or what you're doing, you can offer the customer exactly the same. Um, exactly the same service um, and you know obviously the biggest part of that is our dealer management system as well so um, we've had it we've had it and been running it for a while we upgraded it a couple of years ago and we're just getting to the point now where, where we're making the most of it where we're using all the functions and facilities that it actually offers um, to make sure that we can you know get the most for us and equally for the customer as well. 
Yeah, that does sound like it's been a busy year for you, but uh, you can obviously see a future for independence and, and for your business in particular. You're laying the foundations for that future by the sounds of it. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, um, we, we, we've we seen a growth over the last, you know, we, we've we've been on a growth curve for the last sort of four or five years. Um, and even during um, lockdown and the pandemic, we've still been on a growth curve. Again, like a lot of garages, probably pushed on and buoyed by the fact that nobody can buy new cars. The value of second-hand cars has gone up, so people are holding on to them and prepared to spend money on them now to get them fixed. Um, but I can see that's going to continue on because you know, we're not going to go back to you know next year, all of a sudden, anyone could buy whatever car they like. There's still a backlog of orders. There's still a backlog of cars that aren't being made. Um, so we're still going to have a continual growth. So making sure we keep ahead of that curve, making sure we keep ahead of the changes coming in the industry, um, so that we can um, deliver the best possible service for the for the customers and have the best possible f- facilities and equipment for the staff uh, is very important. Yes, definitely. Now, talking of the future, we've got Comline on the podcast shortly to talk about augmented reality in the workshop. Comline's digital innovation gives technicians 3D visuals across a range of Comline steering and suspension parts, allowing them to inspect the intricacies of new components and compare them directly with the part that's being removed from the vehicle. Matt, what are your thoughts on augmented reality in the workshop? I think, um, you know, when it first came out, you sort of think, yeah, a little bit gimmicky, yeah, it's a bit of fun, it'll attract people to you for a while, but I think it could have a lot more benefits i think you know this could be the start of something that's you know um a much bigger for diagnosing problems looking at issues you know we you know we have ones where you know maybe that this pipe should look like this on the car so you could actually go in and and see what's what it actually looks like um and and compare the two um so i can see that there can be some real good advantages of this going forward um Provided it's it's structured well, it's like it's like anything, isn't it? You know, if if it's all right if it's when you first do it, but it's got to be it's got to be structured well and put together well so that it's user friendly and easy to do. Otherwise, people will get sick and tired of it and sort of walk away from it. So, um, provided it's simplistic, it has the benefits um, of being able to find out and see exactly what you want. Then I think yeah, it could be it could be really good for our industry. I say, and it's pushing the independent bit forward. I think the independents always lag so far behind what the main dealers are doing. Um, and it'd be, it'd be good to sort of see us actually trying to compete or be ahead of where the, the main dealers are. Well, we're going to find out much more about Comline's augmented reality in just a second. But first, Matt, I'll let you get back to work. Many thanks for chatting to us. Yeah, no, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. And now, as billed, let's welcome Comline's General Manager for Marketing and Communications, Lee Davis. Lee, before we get on to augmented reality, which I'm sure we're all super keen to find out more about, tell us a bit about the Comline steering and suspension range, because it's one that's seen significant growth this year. What's the reason behind it? Steering suspension is not a new category for us. Um, we've been in that marketplace for a good five years now and have, have built a steady and, and growing business um, here in the UK and overseas as well. Um, but obviously, as the as the vehicle park uh, begins to change, and certainly in the coming um, in the coming ten or fifteen years, we're going to see significant changes in the in the vehicle park. Um, steering is ultimately one of those product categories that unless we get flying cars will uh, will remain constant um, so obviously Comline is well known for things like filters now 
it's no secret that on your everyday electric car, something like a fuel filter isn't going to be required. So, whereas a, a your steering components still very much are. So it was really, um, in many ways, quite an quite an obvious one. You know, we built that business already. Um, we've had we've had success already, and it was one of those where we felt we could we could mobilize and ramp that up quite quickly. Um, and it was um, it was one that can become a real integral part of our business for many years to come. So what makes Comline's steering and suspension range stand out from the crowd? Because there's a growing choice when it comes to this category. I guess the question is, why should workshops be asking their motor factor for Comline steering suspension components? Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's like like all categories in the automotive aftermarket, hugely fragmented and, and competitive landscape. Um, I think with Comline, it's the kind of total package, really. Um, you get what is extremely good product. We supply these products, have been doing for a number of years. The, the track record of quality and performance is, is there. Um, we, we manufacture in some truly top-class, world-class facilities. Um, but part of Comline's uh, philosophy has always been to offer that kind of competitive edge as well. Um, the ability for our motor factor customers here in the UK and the garage they supply to you know to make money from combine parts and, and that's integral to our steering suspension range as well. Um, so you add a really good quality product, you then add in that competitive edge, uh, throw in the mix as well a, a three-year 36,000 mile warranty on every steering suspension part um, and I think the the offer starts to become pretty compelling. Um, one, one of the things we have done though Mike is there's obviously a you know a lot of brands doing steering suspension and, and there are some out there that you know offer a huge range of parts you know many many thousands and will will cover absolutely everything out there in the marketplace now obviously there's a there's a place for that but but combine isn't the place to go if if you're looking for a a link bar for a 1970s alfa romeo what we try to do is is really consolidate on those parts that are really selling in the UK market uh, and effectively those that are going to underpin the business of of motor factors and, and garages so that on the on the parts that really matter you know Comline is is an obvious choice and, and we have the both the range and the availability when it's needed. There's lots of innovation happening in the industry at the moment but what about steering suspension any new and exciting developments in this category? You know the the most obvious kind of shift in in steering suspension components is the increasing use of aluminium. Um, vehicle manufacturers are increasingly having to meet more stringent emissions targets, and the way they're obviously doing that is trying to make the vehicle lighter. And in in many cases now, the the OE parts for a vehicle are now in aluminium rather than stainless steel to to save weight. Um, that's been a definite shift and something we've noticed. We're, we're obviously matching our range and, and our our components to the uh, to the OE, and you know we have an increasing number of aluminium parts in in our range. So that's that's definitely something that's that's more prevalent and, and seems to be ever more so with the the onset of the electric car as well. Um, there is another interesting one out there. It's not necessarily directly relevant for for Comline because we're not in the in the sort of shock absorber market as as we stand. But there's um, magnetic ride control um, out and about there on certain vehicles it was um, developed for for General Motors, and 
That's an interesting one. Um, basically puts uh, magnetic particles inside the, the fluid, inside the, the shock absorber, um, and by running a current through it, changes the viscosity of the fluid, which obviously changes the inherent kind of performance of the of the shock absorber. So um, I, I believe the number is about every five milliseconds with the, the ECU communicating with the, with the shock that that current can change every five milliseconds. So it gives you that sort of real-time adjustment of the of the shock absorber. So it can literally jump from being a soft setup to a hard setup depending on the on the terrain. So it's an interesting concept and, and one that will be interesting to see if it, if it takes on more application as we move forward. Are there any common issues when it comes to the fitment of steering and suspension parts? One of the sort of historical challenges, and it remains so to this day, is is finding the right part. Um, you know, in, in years gone by, steering and suspension um, brands have produced these massive phone book-like catalogues. Um, and one of the main reasons to do that was to give a kind of a visual reference point on, on the parts, because often the the parts are, you know, very very similar, and, and the the look of it may be it may literally be the the orientation of a bush within the same uh, basic component, or, and and you know that can be hugely challenging for a for a vehicle mechanic to find the right part. I, I think as well the the electric car is going to bring with it some interesting challenges as well. The steering suspension underneath the Peugeot two hundred eight is is largely the same across the entire uh, range until you get to the 208e um, where suddenly you find a link bar that is exactly the same dimensionally but is manufactured from aluminium to make it lighter um, you also have a control arm bush that's got a comp completely different orientation and you've got a ball joint set at a different angle and they are definitely different components now that's very tricky for a um, you know a mechanic to stay on top of that type of thing, and that's where brands like ourselves have a, a job to do in terms of making sure our catalogue is bang up to date, um, because you know that's those are the sort of minute details and intricacies that are going to become even more commonplace as, as electric vehicles um, become more prevalent. Um, so a really really interesting example that that I was certainly made aware of relatively recently on the, on the Peugeot, um, and yeah, just that that challenge of picking the right part just gets even harder, it seems, for a garage. That leads me nicely onto the next question, Lee, because the steering suspension range expansion plans were announced alongside the new augmented reality campaign. Could you first explain to us what augmented reality is for those that are perhaps not familiar with the concept and then tell us a little bit more about the Comline campaign itself? Augmented reality is, is first and foremost, a digital interface um, and it's it's fueled by very precise CAD-derived 3D renderings of of our products. Um, now, I think most people will be familiar with those 3D views that you get of products. I think if you go across most, certainly most retail websites, you'll you'll see that type of thing, um, and you'll certainly see that type of thing in in the aftermarket. What sets augmented reality apart, and what we've called CAR, common augmented reality is the ability to actually put the product into your environment. So using mobile phone, you can go into the augmented reality mode and through the phone view what the part will look like in your surroundings. I mean, it looks fantastic, doesn't it? It's very futuristic, but you can really see how this might actually be useful in the workshop 
a technician only needs to grab their phone to directly compare a new virtual part with the old component to ensure it's the correct one um, rather than flicking through a catalogue and trying to match up a, a 2D picture with the component they've just removed. With the augmented reality tool, you can physically lay the virtual one over the top of the actual one and, and get an almost direct comparison. Um, so the potential for it, I think, is is enormous. I guess the message from Comline is to, you know, have a look. This is new technology. Let's see where it can go. And, and you guys are looking for garage feedback. Yeah, it looks cool. And, and that has some obviously residual benefits. But, but actually, the view is that this can be a real benefit to um, our customers and to a garage technician. You know, the ability to quickly identify the right part without ever having to leave the workshop um, certainly seems like a time saver and time is money right so um, that's the the kind of the overall principle of it but we're looking to get that that kind of validation as part of this initial rollout um, with a view to to um, obviously going further with it um, and and expanding the the AR presence that we have in terms of checking out the, the technology, um, that can be found on our website at comline.uk.com. Um, and, you know, we're fundamentally asking for, for feedback. Um, you know, we've come out and if you've, if you've seen a recent video by our managing director, Ishan Kamdar, he's, he's kind of positioned the technology via a YouTube video. Again, that can be found on our YouTube page. Um, but the whole point of that is to, is to ask, ask people, ask technicians, ask motorfighters, how are you using this? How would you use this? Would this benefit your your day to day, um, your day to day lives in in the garage? Because that is the main driver behind the the technology. Um, you've also actually this year sponsored the Porsche Carrera Cup GB Lee. The the link between motorsport and the automotive industry is a pretty obvious link, and it's it's obviously been done before. I think for for Comline, what it represents is probably the, the, the growing stature of the brand um, and, a, and a real kind of step change for us. Um, you know, we've, we sort of looked from afar at motorsport thinking, yeah, we're, we're interested in getting in. And it's, but it's one of those there, there's, there's lots of different um, options and opportunities. And for us, it was about finding something that really was at the right sort of level or had the, had the credibility, but also, um, you know, was going to reach the right audience. And, and for us, you know, Carrera Cup's perfect. It's it's run as part of the British Touring Cars um, circuit, um, which is the most watched um, motorsport in, in the United Kingdom. Um, and it and it runs as sort of the part of the undercard to British Touring Cars. Now, I'm going to hit you with a deep one, but I'm interested to get your thoughts. As far as you're concerned, what do you think is the biggest issue facing independent garages right now? I think there are some things still happening as a as a result of the pandemic that are going to cause challenges you know, right down the supply chain, and that will go right the way through to, to garages and, and their customers. Um, not specifically COVID, you know, fingers crossed, and with the following wind, we're starting to come out of the, the end of that very dark and long tunnel. But, um, you know, as a, as a knock-on, we have, you know, raw material costs around the world at all-time high, um, freight costs around the world are at unbelievable levels. Um, I mean, you know, up hundreds and hundreds of percent on year on year. Um, and obviously, no matter where the uh, a particular product is is manufactured, 
chances are it's going to need to have got some degree of component or raw material or something from all around the world. So it's it's literally impacting every piece of every supply chain and, and just obviously driving prices up as a result. So I, I think garages are going to feel that in much the same way as uh, as a supplier, as the motor factors that we, we sell to. Um, you know, that is going to run all the way down the, the, the chain and, you know, Undoubtedly, the 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 end user motorist is is going to have to bear some of that brunt as well because it's um you know the, the costs are just on a level that 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 haven't been seen before. Um, obviously, the time it takes for uh, or you take Comline as an example, product to get onto our shelves, onto a motor factor shelves, and then go down to a uh, a, a garage. Um, there is a there is an inherent lag there, so you know. The, the the raw material costs and the shipping costs are affecting product that's um you know that is effectively being produced and, and being shipped right now so i yeah unfortunately i would i would say that this is still to come for a lot of uh, a lot of garages and and certainly i've seen you know just in the last couple of weeks you know the murmurs around the aftermarket press about this starting to to raise their head and um, you know, this is this is not just a comline thing. You know, this is affecting all industries, and and it's going to affect the aftermarket almost unilaterally. It's um, you know, it's it's frightening. Um, you know, the, the con- container shipments are you know subjects at times to bidding wars, Mike, where you get okay, you want you want your product out of this particular country. How much are you willing to pay? Um, and you know it's at, it's at those sorts of levels right now. So it's yeah, it's not necessarily exclusive to garages, but it's something that that you know the garage audience is going to need to be aware of that there is there is a, a very good chance that the you know the the price they are paying for parts from almost you know through their through their factor or wherever they source from, but from almost all suppliers is going to be impacted. Yeah, that's that's actually a really interesting point because workshops at the moment are busy dealing with the effects of the pandemic especially with the current MOT demand but I've also heard some chat about parts availability issues in some cases so that gives us some perspective as to what else is happening in the wider aftermarket. Lee thanks for chatting I know we've been wanting to get you on for a while now because there's been lots of exciting announcements coming from Comline this year so it's been really great digging into some of them today. Mike thanks pleasure. That's it for this episode. Many thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you have an opinion you want to share, feel free to email me on michael.ruff at garagewire.co.uk. And for further information about everything we've discussed today, you can find it all on garagewire.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to the Garage Wire podcast. You'll be able to find us in your podcast player. And that just leaves me to say Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with a new episode in January.